I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome. We're here again. Recording another episode of Historically Badass Broads. It's the podcast that talks about women we should have learned about in history mm-hmm. class and or learned anything accurate about. Yeah, we're here to we're here to bust some myths. We're here to bust some myths. This one in particular, my God, but we're here to bust some myths. We're here to <laughs> um shed some light. Yes. To elucidate the historical records. Hit them with um, that vocab. Yes. Thanks. thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm excited for this one. It's one I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I always plan to do it around the spooky season. So that works. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. Is there? I don't think you can say it like without an affectation. Going forward, definitely not. Yeah. No, it has to be. Um, so, my dearest Chloe, we have you heard of Elizabeth Bathory? Maybe. I'm taking you guys back to the 1560s through to the 16, well, 1614. Mm, Great chunk of time. We're going to a place... That is not visited often by our podcast, which is exciting. I don't think we've ever visited this particular location. Okay. We've been close to it. Okay. But not quite there. We're going to Transylvania. Oh, heck yeah. You know, I think I have some roots there. In really? In 100% seriousness. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been told that there's like vague vampire in my lineage. Well, that that would make it. Are you like more Romanian, Hungarian, yes. Romanian? Both. Okay, cool. That's awesome. We <laughs> a thought little, we a were, little bit of both. We thought we were Romanian for a while. Turns out I don't think we are. I think we're Ukrainian. Different. Different, but yeah, different. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but we're, cool. we're going to Transylvania. Woo. I'm taking you there. We're going to we're going to what was part of the kingdom of Hungary, mm. which much later I'm excited. Empress Sisi would become a queen of, right? Yeah, um, check out our previous episode. Yes, yes, yes. If you haven't, for more context. But I first heard about Elizabeth, and I'm going to say every I'm going to do my best to pronounce things correctly. I have written what I can out phonetically, but I know it will be bad. It will not be pronounced correctly. And I'm using Anglicanized versions of her name because I believe her name's Erzbet, but it's like oh. Elizabeth. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to call her Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I know I don't I, I know I'm not going to do a good job, but I'm, do, I'm doing my best. OK, we are just doing our best. 
Yes. We're just doing our best. Um, Listen. (laughs) Look. So... I first heard about Elizabeth Bathory while watching a historic, like one of those bad historical documentaries that like kind of recreates, Mm. but like not in a very accurate or very like clearly they didn't have a big budget kind of way, you know? Love. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really struck by the drama of the story. Here was this noble woman, a countess whose husband had died and she um, was a serial killer who being a woman and so vain was so obsessed with her appearance that she killed upwards of 600 servant girls and um, bathed in their blood and tortured them. Oh my goodness. And then ends up getting walled up finally she gets caught for her crimes and then she gets walled up like and and dies a couple years after and i was like how have i never heard of this person yeah yeah said to be one of the most prolific serial killers of all time and i'm like my goodness this is insane i have never ever heard of this person um dark yeah. It's extremely dark. And and you know, they were talking about her drinking the blood, potentially eating her victims. Okay. Um, you know, just this otherworldly evil woman. Oh, you know, of course, accusations of say it with me, witchcraft. Um right, right. anything and everything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, of course, what do we do? We throw lesbianism in there and we say that she was also just like hypersexual and everything that you could throw at a woman mm-hmm. you they her reputation has um gotten that and some of that happened in her lifetime and she was punished for it and i mm. i um i remember looking and then deciding to research it because i was like i've never heard this is insane and then i remember looking and um i just remember reading about her and i was like okay it's a little more tame than the documentary but i didn't look into it too much because I didn't have enough background for the time period in that, you know, in that area. But I knew I wanted to investigate more for our podcast because I'm like, okay, we would know more and we would yeah. have more discuss. It, she would be a like a Dracula. I mean, I get it. Women were yeah, less important, yeah, yeah. right? So like Dracula is way yeah, more famous than a, a female version of Dracula would be, even though mm-hmm. they are literally in like the same area of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, I think just about a hundred years apart um, with Dracula predating her. And, and as we know from some debunking of Dracula myths, you know, he, he was known as Vlad the Impaler. He did do some really shitty things, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he was a vampire. I'm just going to say it. I mean, you never know. But, You're correct. Uh, yeah. I can never know. It seems but I do. unlikely. But yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were there because you're a vampire. Okay, I got it. I got yes, it. Yes, correct. It. That is why I'm so pale and bruise easily. Um. <laughs> you're like, this topic is actually very important to me um, yes. as a vampire. Um, as a vampire, I feel like it's <laughs> my position to, um, you know, debunk. really- 
truth. Dispel some myths about my people. Um, so I have since read a couple books about Elizabeth, a couple articles, and some really phenomenal research done by Say It With Me Women. Um, Woo! That has really shed some new light. So let's let's dive in. Let's wow, dive I'm in. I'm so excited. I'm ready. So Elizabeth was born at a family estate in um, and spent most of her childhood in a castle. She was born in 1560. Her dad was a. She was born into a really important branch of I the, like the Hungarian royal family, the Bathory family, Bathory. Mm-hmm. Um, really. They became powerful in the late Middle Ages, and they became extremely powerful throughout, I think, pretty much into, like, the late 19th century. I think part of their, um, uh, what is it, part of their lineage continues through um, to, yeah, I think around the late 17th century, early 18th. I think they go pretty far, and it was, you know, pretty early in the in the. 15th century. So a couple hundred years. Mm-hmm. They had, they ended up, you know, through branches, they got a, a king of Poland in their midst. They end up having um, a grand duke of Lithuania, princes of Transylvania, and they were just mm-hmm. really important in the kingdom of Hungary, which was at the time not a part of the Holy Roman Empire, but like a subsidiary to it, kind of. So mm-hmm. important family, an important member of that family. Her dad was a baron he was george or georg i believe and he's his brother was the um kind of high official of transylvania her mom was baroness anna who's part of another branch of the same bathory family Mm -hmm. so they're not people like to blame a lot of her supposed crimes on incest and while the Habsburgs are famous for it and they they do have intermixing with the Habsburgs. sorry incest with her mother no 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 between her parents that they were oh, so oh, closely oh, related because they're part of the same family I would right. like to mention that I believe they are seven generations apart so yes they have the same they're from the same family but they're from two very different branches of the family got it and and no one would you don't need papal dispensation for this. You know what I'm saying? I'll say right. they weren't Catholic, but anyway. <laughs> right. The, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the she was, yes. through her mom, her mom's brother was the king of Poland and mm-hmm. like the Grand Duke of Lithuania and the Prince of Ch- he, Very important. And she had some siblings. She ends up having a, a, she has an older brother, Stephen, which is a family name. I'm sure it's something different in Hungarian. And he was the judge royal of Hungary. So, you know, high ranking family. And they're actually really interestingly, they're Calvinists. So these Mm -hmm. are not, um, this is at the time, beginning of the time of the counter reformation. So the reformation hits and Martin Luther's like, I don't like it. And then, you know, stuff and then we end up having a bunch of other theologians come in there's Zwingli there's Calvin there's um Hyperius and Lasco and they're all these people who end up forming kind of their own versions of Protestantism and Calvinism is one of those and it was started by um what was his name John yeah John Calvin and they are not the same as Lutherans but they're like a big part of that um and 
yeah, very interesting. But mm-hmm. the other big part of the Protestant Christian uh, kind of uh, religion of the time in the same area was mm-hmm. Lutheranism. So mm-hmm. very big Lutherans. And then, of course, the Counter-Reformation is a reaction from the Catholic Church against the Reformation. It takes a little bit because they're, you know, behind on the times per usual. Um, of course. And so you get some Catholics coming and they'll come in later, of course. They can't help it. Um, and so, yeah. So there's there's a lot of interesting um, religion, you know, different kind of play going on economically as well. It's an interesting time period there. This area of the world is kind of constantly being bombarded with the Ottoman um, Turks kind of invading, kind of just nagging at the corners of the region. Um, You also have um, the fact that like the Holy Roman empire, which is a massive empire of which they're kind of a part, not really though they are independent to a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, That's your neighbor. And then on the other side is like, empire of russia so you're kind of like border you have these really big neighbors there's a lot of political pressure at the same mm-hmm. time and everyone has these like really interesting very tenuous uh you know relationships with each other but setting the scene for the world she's a calvinist and Amazing. because of her birth status we know she was educated very well um she mm-hmm. most likely spoke latin german hungarian and greek Iconic. So that's impressive. Those are all mm-hmm. different. All of yeah, them. Yeah, very. They've got no crossover between them. Like none. Just makes it more badass. Makes it way more badass. So there are some reports that she had epilepsy as a child, potentially. Um, Interesting. I've only read that in a couple of places, and I have yet to see any real evidence for it. That's going to be a theme. Oh, why? Yeah, why would they come up with that? Where does I don't that know. stem from? They're saying that she had some seizures growing up and that she therefore had epilepsy, which could potentially be a cause for her later bad behavior, which is just oh, in it. general. Yeah. Great. I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know, but I've only read it a couple of times. <laughs> it's in some official accounts, but weirdly, so many of the official accounts are all different from each other. Um <laughs> we love that. I'm going off yeah, I'm going off of what I can. <laughs> ascertained to some degree totally um, and mentioning the details yeah w- within a reasonable degree of historical accuracy yeah great she at the age of 10 was betrothed to um fen uh nadajda i tried nadajda nadajda that's it nadajda yeah um and he's part of a very important family as well. The Nadasha family is like kind of like the battery family. They're both like big time, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she's uh, betrothed at the age of 10. That's very, very normal. And she goes to live with his family and she's raised in the court to get to know it very well before she ends up actually marrying him. So that's how much older is he? He is, I don't think he's that much older than her actually. She's born in what, 1560? He's born. In 1555. He's five years older. Okay. So he's 15. Pretty solid. We'll take yeah. it. It, it yeah. Guys, we all know it could have been. Yeah, it could be way worse. Could have been really bad. <laughs> could have been really, really bad. So, yeah. Interesting guy. A, um, yeah. 
he was a it was very political like it was a very political marriage Mm -hmm. they were finally married in 1575 so she was 15 so they waited um five years and between their two marriage it was a massive combined land like negotiation it was a lot of transylvania and a lot of the kingdom of hungary he gave her a castle um Mm-hmm. And he gave her like seventeen villages with it. Like there was a, it was Jeez. they were, okay. yeah, they were yeah. doing just fine. Okay, they were doing really well. But he is a soldier. He's a commander in the Hungarian army, and the Ottomans are coming, and it's just always happening. So for the first about ten years of their marriage, he's like constantly fighting. They don't have any kids. There's a horrible rumor. Um, I will say that goes around much later, like a hundred years after her death. I think is the first time we hear this rumor. So that's accurate, right, guys? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> Unbiased. <laughs> um, that she, as evidence of her sexual rapacity or whatever, she. Um, uh slept with a peasant boy at the age of 13 and had a child what where did where does that come from and where's the kid then and why uh, apparently why the kid was, that? was given away to a local woman that's always what it is she's given away, the kid's given away to a local and woman we'll never know we'll never no we do know this rumor first came about about 200 years no no after. we'll never know where the child is now oh so no the child ask. went to Wallachia which is in now Romania, so that's apparently where the child was taken. Interesting. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, I may. I want everyone to think of having like a running checklist in their head of um, the rumors. Let's go ahead and just cross that one off, okay? That one's good. <laughs> that one's. We'll take that one. We'll cross that one off, okay? <laughs> you knew it, and now it's gone. It's gone. It's interesting, and again, we love to talk about perceptions of people as being at you know somewhat as important as the actual facts of their lives and this is absolutely Mm -hmm. a case of that so we have to talk about it it's good to know but it's also good to know it's not true um so pour a bunch of salt on it and wipe it away Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that thank you so poetic i'm just sitting in it yeah you know I'm, i'm a lyricist so i know so proud (laughs) okay (laughs) so the ottomans are attacking husbands away and while he's away she is proving to be a very capable manager of her vast a woman (gasps) yeah sorry sorry i had to no 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 good job (laughs) correct a woman a woman not only that she's in charge of defending her estates Mm-hmm. And she does. Plus the seven she does. villages from the marriage. Well, that's just for her. Those are her personal dower lands. That's different. Oh, I understand. Got it. That was just a minor part of her massive territory. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Yeah. So she's managing, think of it as the family corporation. She is managing all of the estates. She's managing everything that comes along with that. Now, something that's really important is part of being in charge includes providing care for the people who live in your region. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of Slovaks, Hungarians. This is this is that part of the world. Um, 
And there is something going on at the moment called the Long War. And this is the 13 years war between the Habsburgs and the Ottomans. And they're fighting over Wallachia and Transylvania. It's, it's all happening at the same time. This is kind of, you know, where they're fighting. Um, the the Hungarians, where her husband is. Mm-hmm. They're all mm-hmm. fighting with that. Commander, so, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of medical care that is required at this time. Um, that's actually something that's very, very important to be happening is that part of her job is to take care of the people. And that's something that has always been, you know, very traditionally in many cultures given to women um, to be able to. Women in, wait, women in places of that, like in positions that high would be personally taking care. Like they'd be overlooking this type. Oh, okay. 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 But she had to know to manage it. Think of her as like being the head of a hospital kind of thing. She had to be able okay. to That's manage it. She she was said to have been taught, you know, traditional medicinals and healing methods, patient care, oh, knowing her surroundings. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it's really specific to Eastern, like Hungary and Transylvania where she is and where she was raised. And then, so she goes a little more West and people are like, Ooh, that's a bit, we haven't, we don't have that plan here. That's really different. It's a little foreign. Mm. Oh, okay. Some of them potentially could have thought that, um, you know, it was mysterious Poison? and suspicious. I don't know. Mm. So there's a lot of healing activity happening. And at first it's not really a problem. She's hiring healers to help diagnose people they they bring back people to the castle where there's more people this is a huge part of her job basically um right if you're wounded in war fighting for someone it's you know more the officer's duty and she is to be helping with women and children left behind in the estates things like that um Mm So she she was hiring people. She was tr- you know, making sure they were trained. She herself was slightly trained, at least in the knowledge of it, mm-hmm. all the idea. And, um, you know, there's a lot that goes on. We've talked about women healers and unfortunately what ends up happening to them a lot. I think it's important to remember that this is actually, if she hadn't been doing it, there would have been criticism. So she's kind of damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But about ten That's how years. I've always felt about witches, oh. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, Truly. like there really wasn't anything they could have done. No, if you think about the test that would confirm an often used test that would confirm whether or not they were oh, witches, yeah. completely outrageously, yeah. not it, able to get through. Yeah, if they drowned, they weren't witches, and if they floated, they were, and therefore would be killed. And then they'd be drowned, right? Like, <laughs> there's no way out. Oh no, they would. I think they'd be burned. Ugh. Right, it, like that metaphorically. Yeah. Mm-mm. Anyways, anyhow. <laughs> so ten years into their marriage, because he's off, then he's out. You know, he's off fighting. They have a daughter, Anna, mm-hmm. and then we think she has like two sons potentially. We know there's a Paul or like Paul. There's mm-hmm. a um. Catalan or like Catherine, we know about her. There's potentially an Andras and potentially an Orsica. We don't really know. It she could have had quite a few other children and they just didn't live um mm-hmm. for a long time. And um, so we're not entirely sure there were, 
you know, yeah, we're not entirely sure. Mm -hmm. So in 1604, you know, they're living their lives, they're married. um, But in 1604, her husband had been having really bad pain in his legs, probably from like some war injury. And um, at the age of 48, uh, I don't know how to say that. Anyway, her husband, Nadajda, he dies um, in January of 1604. And they have been married for 29 years. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. He entrusts um, his children and his wife to Yerge... um, Tordizo, and um, let's talk for a second about this dude. He was oh. serving as the Palatine of Hungary, which was basically like a prime minister. They're like representatives of the monarchs. Mm-hmm. He is part of another important family. Um, they're probably like distant cousins. I don't really remember. Um, he was very Lutheran. Very yeah. Lutheran, very loyal to the Habsburgs, and um, yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting to think about a lot of the particular area. Um, their part of their estates are on like the main road from the east to Vienna, which is the head, the seat of the Holy Roman Empire for a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's interesting. Some could say that those lands would have been really strategic for some people to get, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the pressure on both sides, Transylvania and part of Hungary, they were mostly trying to get some independence. Um and they were Transylvania and Hungary were often supporting each other, and the Habsburgs were like always watching them. Um, one of Elizabeth's cousin was held captive by a Holy Roman Emperor, and then, in order to be released, he had to give up his rulership of Transylvania. That's interesting. Um, mm. He had been forced. To, another one of her cousins had been forced to abdicate twice as the Prince of Transylvania. That's also interesting, isn't it? Then he was charged with conspiracy <laughs> and imprisoned. Curious. Um, very, very curious. Then her, his brother, ends up kind of being thrust aside, and then he ends up. Anyway, it's a long story, but. <laughs> One of the brothers dies, and now the Habsburgs are like, well, we want all of this. And so they're trying to make sure that another Batory doesn't become Prince of Transylvania. And so at the emperor, who had um, gotten rid of some of them, he didn't want Gab- uh, Gabor Batory um, to be uh, part of it. I believe he's a – Gabor Batory was another one of – was like Elizabeth's other cousin, like first cousin, though, like a very close one. And he wanted mm-hmm. him out of the line of succession. And he owned – he had the largest family estate in all of Transylvania. And remember, Elizabeth's is kind of both. She's in Transylvania and Hungary. Right. And they wanted someone who could be uh, controlled, you know, by them. And so – he was able to 
become Prince of Transylvania, but at the same time, a very like pro Habsburgian becomes the King of Hungary. So, you know, it's just an interesting place. And because she's a woman, she's wealthy, she's very high ranking, and she has a lot of authority. Um, It seems like they chose her as like the next target because of her own wealth and because of the wealth that she got from the Najda family. Mm -hmm. I think it's like one of the largest estates in Hungary. Like she, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, she's a clear target. Yes, yes. And again, it's in a strategic position. So we have Jorge um, Tordesdo becoming the Palatine of Hungary in 1609. And he starts, he tries to kill Prince Gabor Batory. That doesn't go over well. But this is all happening at the same time that her other cousin is being imprisoned in Prague. And then things start to happen to Elizabeth. We have, yeah, he's just, God, I hate this dude. He like marries someone really strategically. He has like 8,000 kids. The unsuccessful attempt. He, he was caught or? Oh, no, caught. I don't think they cared. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, the king of Hungary um, and the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire were both like, we love you, dude. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep on, keep, keep doing on. it. Yeah. Keep <laughs> on doing it. Bros. And yeah, so basically the Batteries were like the biggest rivals for that. She's in the perfect position to be unfortunate you know and so elizabeth's son paul or paul um is like the oldest son at this point and he's set to inherit right and he's becoming a pretty powerful nobleman and so we start to hear some fascinating rumors all around there's a hungarian jesuit priest who a couple hundred years later is writing about this and it all starts mm-hmm. with oh, an eyewitness. Yes, a direct witness. <laughs> um, Just a hundred years later, a hundred and thirty years later. Um, Amazing, one hundred and twenty years. Later. I can't do math. We start to see this is all happening at the same time that other branches of her family are being attacked, and so Tortoise Doe would go to different towns. There, there's. We start to hear a rumor that she, Elizabeth Battery, was torturing her servants and killing them at a pretty high rate. Um, And there are all these rumors that are being spread and Torres Doe is like, hmm, you know that rumor that I'm now spreading about daughters of the lesser gentry being killed and blah, blah, blah. I should make sure two people go and investigate. So he spreads the rumors, basically. And what they would do is they would, like, go to different towns and then start spreading rumors. And then a couple weeks later would go and go, have you guys heard about anything? So, like, it seems like by the time that they would get witness testimony, they've all been hearing these horrible rumors. And so by the time they get to, like, a year or two into it, not even a couple months into it, they're hearing, you know, that she's been murdering 600 people and the the depravity of it is insane um oh i have so so many questions (laughs) tell me (laughs) i mean are the rumors 
based on anything? I mean, is this just like coming out of thin air? So it could be that she was known for being particularly harsh with her servants, that she had a reputation for it. Her husband was known as being like the slayer of the Ottomans. I mean, this is Mm. at the time where like corporal punishment of your servants was expected and encouraged. I'm not suggesting she was like a harmless woman. It could have been that that was she was known for cruelty for her servants. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think in order for any rumor like that to kind of have, there has to be some basis for something. Right. Right. That's Um, what I'm wondering. Yeah. She was, she had a gynecaeum, which is a, it's an old Greek term for when, uh, unfortunately Greek women, uh, ancient Greek women would live their married lives in private in a room called the gynecaeum, um, or gynecaeum if you're ridiculous. Um, and so it's it's a hard Sorry, cup. like 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 prison or no so it's basically like they're they you know because elizabeth was so well known for well for a while uh for her grace and power and healing you know she was a great example of what a noble woman should be daughters mm-hmm. of the gentry and lower gentry were sent to her to be educated to learn etiquette before they'd be married so they were sent to what they called a gynecaeum and Mm. It could have been that she was very harsh on the girls. What's really interesting is, and I read all of the court records that we have on this. There are two instances of the nearly 300 witnesses interviewed where they actually said that they saw something. Otherwise, every single ounce of the evidence is hearsay. Okay, yes, lawyer Mora. Thank you. Looking through that evidence. <laughs> you got to do it. Because, well, I wanted to know. I was like, no, okay. That's super interesting. Has someone actually seen anything? Right, and right. One of the, quote, eyewitness accounts comes from, guess who? Guess who? Guess who? It's the guy. Yurge. <laughs> yeah. And so. He's the one spreading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of them. And so, okay, so really quick, there were some young women who had been, um, who had passed away at the time. But again, women are, and people are coming in and out of her house for treatment, for mm. illnesses at the mm-hmm. time of war, which okay. causes yeah. all number of gruesome injuries uh-huh. and other things. So yep. they're coming in and out of her home to be treated. Spreadable illnesses as well. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. She... You know, (laughs) one of her midwives was really, like, known for bloodletting. And that could be, you know, people were kind of suspicious. But that was a very common practice in other parts of Europe. It was just all very different. Mm -hmm. And because, like I said, there were slight questions about how foreign her methods were for healing, you get any instance of like, ooh, what's happening there? Then she is a witch, right? Immediately she's using dark magic. Because she was assertive, because she was a rational (laughs) ruler, they're like, "Mm, she's a bit like a man. She's a witch. Mm -hmm. We use all of these slight, you know, judgments about her character and he takes complete advantage of it. What's interesting, too, is a lot of the witness testimony, and I'll talk about a little bit of it, they're describing torture that Elizabeth uh, was inflicting upon her servants. Actually, 
if you read medical books, a lot of that, quote, torture were painful surgical and medical interventions. Oh, whoa. So, yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't torturous, but the intent was not to maim. Especially before anesthesia. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the times we have symptoms of different diseases. They're having boils and abscesses and things that need to be treated. And some of those treatments, I'm not suggesting that they weren't horribly painful, but the, and that the, you know, treatments weren't probably more horrible than the disease itself, but that wasn't Mm. her fault. Um, That wasn't anyone's fault. You know, they would, they were supposed to be, I mean, kind of trigger warning for some pretty extreme uh, medical stuff. So some of the texts say like, if you had an open wound, you could be caught, it could be openly cauterized with hot tongs. If there was infected tissue, they would excise the tissue with the hot tongs or with a knife. You would clean it with salt water. If you had a fever, they forced you to take really cold baths and then really, really hot baths. And Mm -hmm. they would, um, to treat rheumatism and arthritis, one of the treatments is rolling your entire naked body in stinging nettle. That one's interesting to me. Stinging metal? Nettle. Nettle. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Fingernail poison, which was something that seamstresses had a lot. It was a boil that would develop under a nail bed. You had to lance it and clean it. I'm not suggesting that wasn't horribly, horribly painful, but she wasn't putting needles under fingernails to torture people, which is a common thing that they're saying she's doing. They're saying that she's putting needles in people's mouths. There was a, if you had an abscess under your tongue to drain it, they would have to stab it with a needle. You'd open veins for bloodletting. If you had the plague, you had to lance the boils. You covered people with compresses. Again, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'm just, not saying it's good. No, no. But is no one aware of any of these medical practices? They are. D- would no one who's hearing this be like, oh, but doesn't she tend to sick people? And isn't that what you do? We don't find many people in the record who say anything positive about her. Okay. After the rumors begin before yes Mm -hmm. and also by the way according to most of the witness testimony she wasn't actually the one doing it her servants were this is that's fascinating so in october documentary cover any of this (laughs) no of course not okay sorry continue what if you hear most of the documentaries it's usually men and they're just they're just like glorifying the gruesome gore and they're just stating all this like it's fact. Like, it's not fact. Hmm. Learn to read. Okay. It's like sensationalizing it for... Yes, and by by not even choosing to question. We have to question historical narratives. It is so important. Yeah, but it sounds like those things, that wasn't their goal. Their goal was just to get people Destroy. to watch it. Oh, yeah. Well, that that too. So the final, you know, these rumors are abounding and she's like, I don't really get what's going on, but okay. She ends up um, eight women in one of her castles dies over the course of a week. Weirdly enough, um, most of the deaths that are attributed to her happened at the same time that the plague and typhus were breaking out in those neighborhoods. What did I say about spreadable diseases? I know. 
interesting, huh? Yes. And so those girls have been quarantined and cared by a midwife. And they, these um, Dora and Janos, these two people will come up later. And um, apparently Dora didn't want to like help because George's rumors were really going. She was like kind of scared. She potentially concealed some bodies because, you know, she doesn't want people to know that these women are dying. Mm-hmm. But again, like it's most any any imagery of her symptom of their symptoms of their like how they're presenting it all looks like it's part of the epidemic it's all part of some kind of epidemic so he takes news of that and he's like let's fucking go so they plan the arrest he um (laughs) what's interesting is um yurge's wife another expert um is writing in a couple of letters um, about recruiting false witnesses. Weird. I'm sorry. There's evidence of that. One of her son in um, Erzbet's son-in-law, Miklos, sends his servants to the castle to help orchestrate Yurge's surprise visit to help make sure that they caught her quote in the act. What's interesting though is. Yurge's own clerk says that she was arrested while partaking of her supper. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm not done. Uh. (laughs) A young woman was who had been severely injured by a wild animal was being cared for in the castle. Um, Mm -hmm. She. I mean, she was not doing well and they were trying to treat her. And Yurge comes in and is like, ha ha. And she's like, I'm eating. What are you talking about? They're like, there's a woman that you've tortured. And she's like, excuse you. And um, weirdly enough, that woman, her testimony's never included in the trial. She survives. She does. She, they continue. A local doctor's like, yeah, I guess they were doing a good job. Continues the treatment and she recovers. Interesting. So, she and her, um, Elizabeth and her servants are interrogated. Mm-hmm. You've done this long enough now. Interrogation. <laughs> what do you think's also happening? Not to Elizabeth. You couldn't touch her. She's too important. What do you think's happening to her servants? Uh, I think they're being threatened and coerced into giving uh, a testimony that's favorable to the men. Well done, Chloe. Well done. Thank you. I've done my, I've done my work. Not that you <laughs> didn't know this before, but um, <laughs> they're doing really, really, um, they're, I mean, one of the things that they are said to have done is um, ripped off people's fingers with hot tongs as I'm part sorry. of the torture. Who's doing, who's doing Oh, is it the, the men torturing? accusing the women of torture? This story took such a turn. <laughs> Yurge doth protest too much. Damn. Get him. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Drag him. So, you know I'm happy to. No one was ever caught in the act of murder or torture. There were no fresh bodies found anywhere in the castle. There were eight deaths, like I said, in October of 1610. And you're just like, there's a mass murderer here. But they had no actual physical evidence. So he was just trying to find the eight bodies. And they found one of the bodies. And it was fairly well preserved because it was so cold. And so you're just like, Oh, this will be the one who Elizabeth was killing when I invaded, which of course we all know is literally not true. Right. So Yurge invites neighboring noblemen to visit the body and the woman who's injured and like barely, you know, conscious um, from the wild animal. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Um, okay. And they, they're like, She's look at these mind. victims. But the corpse is now two months old and has been taken out of the ground. And so they don't let anyone see it up close. You're allowed to look from up very far. (laughs) I Um, hate this. (laughs) She was very publicly humiliated. And then the rumor campaign, again, is still intense. And so all of these witnesses are saying it's common knowledge. They had no direct evidence except what they had heard. And that's accepted. Like they're charging some wildly otherworldly um, attacks. And so fascinatingly, mm-hmm. a trial begins after her servants are Yovianos and Dora and Ilona and Kata. And they're all being wildly tortured. Um, and they admit to the um, some of the acts that were done, and um, okay, yeah. I have two. I have two questions right yeah. off the bat. Mm. Um, first, are mm-hmm. they not showing up to their witness testimonies visibly mangled? Oh, they don't care. Uh huh. And then, they're confessing under torture, so it's not like anyone. I mean, remember no, like, Artemisia is impartial. Artemisia was being publicly uh, cross-examined with thumbscrews being turned into her hands. Right. I guess. <laughs> I, I, giving the benefit of the doubt here, I'm going to mm. assume that maybe people thought you are more truthful. When in pain, as opposed to maybe just lying so the pain will stop, which is usually what it actually is. Yeah, I think, I don't know if they thought that you were more truthful or that they were allowed to use any means necessary to, quote, extract the truth, right? 
Right. And so they would say, do you, you know, they would use very specific language a lot of the time. So they'd be like being tortured and then they'd be like under God and blah. And then you would never assume they fly that way. Of course, they've literally had their fingers torn out. Right. Which is modern day understanding. I feel like I'm, I'm curious if there's a lot more psychological work that has become common knowledge in the time since. Oh, yeah. You know, that and also the idea that everyone's kind of rolling with the rumors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I don't know how much, <laughs> how, how much n- knowledge there is at the time of lying and coercion and, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, I do. I think we have a much better understanding that like you're torturing someone you're not any and if you're under duress, you're not any more likely to tell the truth. Like that's no, I think No, you're likely to lie. Yeah. Yeah, to get out of the situation. I think right. that is But even so, I mean, you have false confessions that we're trying to overturn for people who are in prison right now from yeah, 10 no, 15 I've, years I've, ago. I feel like, I feel like that's a common thing now. And I feel like maybe it wasn't then, but I'm also, I I guess maybe I need a breakdown of how, like, is there a judge and a jury and you know what I mean? I think I need a breakdown of that. Sure. So there's a, from my understanding, there is a, there are official legal proceedings. Mm Mm-hmm. However, she is never allowed to attend the trial or speak mm-hmm. in her own defense. Never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because she might convince people. <laughs> yes, I believe they're being. And what's interesting is you're if you're reading the um, witness testimony, a lot of the work is about. Um, I'm trying to find if I can pull up just a couple sentences. It's helpful. So yeah, so basically. Yurge would write at the end of a day of testimony. He wrote, he wrote, this is from February 5th of 1613. Mm -hmm. He wrote under the intent of the gracious order and will of the said sacred imperial and royal majesty, our noble Lord, having performed sufficiently and submissively provide all the above interviews, witness interrogations and confessions of the above mentioned persons after they were first sworn to us faithfully and to report it recorded and collected in the form of a little book and written authentically under our palatinal seal and handwritten signature to protect all those involved. So it's, it's a basically a declaration of, yeah, this is normal. Makes me think of much ado when there's, (laughs) that's really good. The prison guard taking down notes of like complete nonsense. Yes. Um, I, I think I think my confusion was stemming from if there is and and I'm assuming it from what you just described it doesn't sound like it but if there was a judge or a jury or anybody present at these you know witness sessions is there no one who's seeing through any of this no they one who's want seeing to. through you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I think they That's, could have, but I don't believe they wanted to. I think everyone it's just who like was in a fun. <laughs> position of power understood yeah. um, what was happening. This One of the second witnesses was a judge. <laughs> and he spoke of her, quote, cruelty. 
<laughs> the impartiality here is mm-hmm. absolutely He had heard stunning. from, this is a quote from this. He had heard from some young servants of how cruel she was. Yeah. So the judges using hearsay. Yeah, there's a couple other judges who say the same thing. My Again, favorite I'm is- putting I'm putting like modern mm-hmm. standards on this, and I know that I can't. But my brain is like, but why? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. One of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to find it because it's really it's like not funny, but it's like actually I think really funny. Um, it's like third witness was sworn by so and so that he heard from so-and-so that he heard from so-and-so that this happened. <laughs> it's like, so basically, um, he gave him a telephone. It is a bad one. Um, a lot of it ends yeah, one up that, with, like, can ruin someone's life. <laughs> a lot of it says that, Oh, he knew nothing, but what was generally known or what he had heard of the rumors. That's like, how do you even count that as a witness? <sighs> <laughs> again i'm gonna i'm gonna take a step back <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm like where's the justice there is none yeah so we All can right. see there's a couple of um yeah there's some reporting of the torture and you can hear some of the see some of the responses not great um mm-hmm. Most of the, quote, witnesses will say something like, um, where is it? I'm trying to find that. It's really funny. I mean, it's again, it's not funny, but it's, like, really funny. Um, I had to read this book online, which you know I despise. <laughs> he knew nothing more except, or he knew nothing aside from what he had heard. He knew nothing but only what is generally recounted. Or she, she had heard this. And then the Beth is like, one guy... This, the 11th witness was the Honorable Martinus Vurdsko, about 40 years old, sworn and interrogated. He said that he knew nothing, that he had not lived long in this country. Where, what was, are they like finding people on the street and being like, come testify? Yes. <sighs> what a strong case. <laughs> oh, so this is an interesting one. So the 12th witness, Ilona, was a widow. Under oath, she said, she could comment on so many things over the past three years, namely during her time of service. Over 30 girls were killed from multiple torture executions by Lady D- Nadazda and her assistants. She was very knowledgeable in magic and in the art of poisonings, um, of which there are many examples. But in particular, that through magic and poisoning, she wanted to take the lives of His Royal Majesty and the Lord Palatine and other people against whom she had prayed a certain wishing formula or spell. And always she confirmed the confessions of the defendants. So basically they're getting witnesses to, quote, confirm the confessions that were extracted from some of the defendants. So that seems really, really good. I feel like that's like a really solid way. Um, It's just like continually outrageous. Yeah, it really is. And I'm trying to find, there was one that was basically like, oh, here, I think I'm finding it. They, They did quite a few different um like sessions and different hearings in different places um so one a couple of times you'll see the witnesses um he sworn and interrogated and he tested he testified in always like 
in all ways like um, Gregory, who was the third witness. So he testified in all ways like the previous witness, and he testified in all ways like the one before. So they're all talking about, you know, yeah, this one's a good one. Fourth witness was the Honorable uh, Gorgias Cops. Nope. Something with a C. He was about 70 years old, sworn and interrogated. He said that the cruelties of which the lady Nadajda was accused have been rumors that were in general circulation for a long time. However, whether those were true, he does not know. However, regarding the two girls who died during the same wedding ceremony and were buried, he said the same as the previous witness who had said that he had seen that someone told him. Yeah. (laughs) It's like so many of these are being taken as, you know, actual testimony and and none of it makes any sense right yeah this guy like fluff 13th witness sworn and interrogated he said that he knew nothing except what he had heard from rumors for example (laughs) like why how do you even write that you know these are yep excellent wild um, 19th witness was the Honorable Janos Benko, about 50 years old, subject of the aforementioned man, residing in the market town, sworn and interrogated. He said he knew nothing except from the stories told by many that each crime, as is generally claimed, really was committed by the lady widow Nadajda. He knew nothing except that she was really mean. Again, didn't know anything except the rumor. Mm-hmm. But that, that the rumor was true, of course. Yeah, that's something you could know as a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a hearer of a rumor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he knew nothing except what he heard from many. That is basically what they're saying over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, we see it now and we're just devastated by the injustice of these actions. And it's, I mean... It's it's deeply upsetting um, to have this level of a show trial and probably all because she had this land that was in demand and she was a very competent and powerful woman. And to this day, when we see confident and powerful women and, and competent women as well, we take them down. We have to, right? For the social order of the world to ex- continue to exist as poorly as it does. Oh. Mr. Darcy's here, everyone. (laughs) Truly on cue. (laughs) So we do the same thing. This has never ended. It's just, you know, in order to keep the garbage status of of, uh, the world, we got to take them out. Take them out. Yeah. She was arrested and imprisoned without any formal charges, without any summons, without any trial, or without any sentencing. At all. That feels very witch trial. Mm-hmm. He did everything to avoid it. And he said later that he violated the just, there was a formal legal procedures and he had violated them as a quote, effort to save the Battery's family, Battery family's reputation, wealth, and her life by preempting a death sentence. But we also have well-documented efforts to construct forged evidence and to... <laughs> Literally organize a nationwide rumor campaign. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, but he was protecting her image. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't get it. (laughs) I know. And it's so weird. Uh, He, like, basically only investigated certain things that would confirm certain parts of it that he could kind of, you know, identify and... I like that there's evidence of him doing this, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more evidence if, of him making yeah, up exactly. the charges than her doing anything. That's that's enjoyable to have. As yeah. Oh, and a, by the way, yeah, each a lot of the witnesses are like, I heard it was 200 women. I heard it was 300. And you can like literally see one versus the other. They're like one upping each other. But all of her, quote, partners in crime... They had all been tortured, and they, at at a maximum, came up with 36 victims. Which, if you multiply that by... (laughs) You're right. And you'd heard from someone that it was true, so... Uh, And I actually heard it was 10,000, so... No! That's actually the truth now. What a monster. Oh, my God. Prolific. Um, Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, yes, this is crazy. It's because part of it was he starts this campaign because of like the doctrine of quote common knowledge. And that's exactly what you're talking about where like common knowledge legally was kind of accepted as equal to, or even substituting direct witness testimony. And that's why Mm. they're saying things like that. And so that's why he starts this campaign and a manipulation of like public opinion mm-hmm. because that evidence is was admissible sufficient yeah yeah and Ugh. it also increased the distrust around other members of her family and mm-hmm. no the nobility course, yeah. in general yeah, yeah no one was ever allowed to testify on her behalf yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. her servants were all oh, yeah, yeah. horribly executed and in, uh, one was in prison because they found that she had been tortured by the other women somehow they let her just live in prison forever she probably like gave more evidence or something like why why i don't know (laughs) that's so everything about this is so weird Mm -hmm. i mean i understand they want to they want to take down a powerful woman it's not the craziest thing in the world but yeah all these details are just so bizarre yeah it's insane so January 1611. Sorry, mm-hmm. this is no. enough for a documentary. I know. Why'd That's you make it up? That's all I want to say. I know. That's all I want to say. But don't you want to see a woman bathing in the blood of virgins? Oh, yeah, there was a whole thing about about it. They had to be virgins. Of course there there's a thing. Of course there's drop an obsession that. with it. Drop that. That's, that's, that's old hat. We're, we're I'm just, I'm tired of it. I am tired. Hey, let's put that book back on the shelf. I'm, I'm done. Let's take all the women and you're like, oh, she was very vain. She thought she was really beautiful. She was really pretty. We have like two portraits of her. She looked real pretty. Oh, I hate that one. Yeah, that one's gross too. And they're like, she was so pretty. She was so vain. She couldn't get old. So she's going to drink their blood. And I'm like, what? What? Apparently the way that she figured out that the blood would make her look younger. This is something they said. They said she was beating a, a servant who had displeased her so much that the blood splattered onto her face and she noticed that it made her look younger and therefore- you know what i buy that one <laughs> that one makes a lot of sense <laughs> that one's believable actually absolutely insane 
immediately. Absolutely insane. 10 years gone from her face. It's crazy how science works. I know. Crazy. (laughs) Yep. Amazing. Yeah. So what's really funny is also the king of um, Hungary, who Mm -hmm. was like kind of just like fine with what Yurge was doing. Um, he owed her a debt, a pretty substantive one too. And if she dies, mm, he I wonder. Have to pay it? Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> After she mm. was arrested, his debt was canceled. That's weird. Oh, huh. I think I actually just predicted that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was clear yeah uh, as a motive mm-hmm. mm. awesome so george writes a letter to that same guy going we've captured her and confined her and then they undergo all of this and he you know she's confined to this one castle and he george wrote that she was locked in a bricked up room but no one else said that so he's just like gilding his own freaking lily and she's <laughs> basically just under house arrest so for all intents Mm -hmm. and purposes she um you know most likely was living in a castle and she was probably still very wealthy and doing okay but she couldn't leave the castle and you know Mm -hmm. she had guards Mm -hmm. and if you were Mm -hmm. in a bricked up room why would you need guards yurge yeah yurge freaking idiot (laughs) sorry guy yeah (laughs) um she writes her will uh, because she yes. believes she's going to die. And she signs everything over to her children. And she leaves all current, future, everything to the kids. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know what happens to her. But she's under house arrest for about four years. Um, and on the evening of August 20th of 1614, she says to her bodyguard um, that her hands are really, really cold. And he said, oh, it's nothing, mistress. Just go lie down. And the next morning she was found dead. Interesting. And she's buried in the church that were lives near the uh, town where her castle was. Um, mm-hmm. But some of the, according to some sources, the villagers are like, she shouldn't be buried on holy ground. And so they moved her to the family crypt. Oh. But now no one knows where that is. And we know nothing about anything. Uh. <laughs> Mara, this story's awful. <laughs> yeah. From start to finish. <laughs> yeah. I want to read from you to you from the Wikipedia page. Please, I insist. There's a theory that she's the quote victim of a conspiracy. We've established that. However, according to this is I'm now quoting Wikipedia. There are counter arguments made against this theory. To support her innocence, the testimony of around 300 witnesses and the physical evidence collected by the investigators have to be addressed or disputed. That evidence included numerous bodies and dead and dying girls found when the castle was entered by Yurge. That's okay. that's something they're saying. And I'm like, but did you read the 300 witness testimonies? Did you read Did them? Wikipedia? No. No. I know it's really fun. Well, no, because this, so, you know, you can edit Wikipedia pages. I've done it. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm just going to go out on a not so bloody limb. Yeah. And say, uh, men wrote this. 
I think Yurge is alive. Yurge is alive? A vampire. Mm. And running that Wikipedia page. Mm. That's that's it. my that's my working theory right now. It's a good one. I think you should pop on there and change it up. <laughs> I I if know. You've, if you've gotten in there before, let's get back in. Let's I know. get back in. Probably should. <laughs> really pisses me off, man. You could cite this podcast as Yeah. Keyword here evidence. Mm. <laughs> This is so yeah. witness hearsay. Witness hearsay. I mean, all of it is hearsay. All of it. Yurge. Uh. I hated him. I hate. I despise him. So yeah, pretty much anger. immediately after her death, these stories continue. It commonly it's that she's bathing in virgin victims' blood to retain her body and youth, or beauty and youth, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we see in um, seventeen twenty nine. That Jesuit priest writes a, quote, cautionary tale to expose the horrors of the Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. And because they were very Protestant, no one wanted – they're definitely targets for the counter-Reformation propaganda. Um, he describes her as a renegade Catholic who became a murderess because she converted to Lutheranism. But she was born a Calvinist and never oh, converted to Lutheranism. And according to him – she not only bathed in the blood of lo- lovely young women in order to preserve her use, but also succumbed to her evil, sadistic nature to take pleasure in the murder and torture of her servants. Um, right. Yeah, so... She's just become a pawn in everybody's agenda. Absolutely. The Guinness World Book of Records has her listed as the most what? prolific female murderer. My God! Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it was freaking just freaking me out did there's an entire wikipedia article about her in popular oh. culture <laughs> okay let me just say please i don't know if we're at the commentary portion of this podcast <laughs> i'm always at the commentary portion but please go ahead mm-hmm. <laughs> when we began this episode mm-hmm. i was ready for the story to be yeah she killed people but it wasn't that bad I not not that killing fewer people is less bad. That's not about. Mm. But like you know, mm-hmm. she didn't kill six hundred people. She killed like ten people, and people blew it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact mm-hmm. that at least now we believe here on this podcast mm-hmm. that she was actually helping injured people, mm. and that potentially. I, yes, she could have been mean. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe literally all of this is made up. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. there's absolutely no justice for that mm-hmm. is my brain is melting. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that she then gets the title of most prolific serial killer in yeah. the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. I feel ill. <laughs> so, ugh. Laszlo, that Jesuit scholar, he's printed for the first time in the Tragica Historia mm. uh, in 1729. He's then quoted by Matthias Bell in 1742. And he's a bit skeptical about some of it. But mm-hmm. then he writes that, no, it's purely vanity that she wanted to commit crimes. Then we have modern historians um, and, you know, basically saying that, well, 
modern historians are helping to dispel some of it. But in 1817, there were, quote, witness accounts that were published for the very first time. Mm. Um, We have, you know, versions of the legend just being completely manipulated and, um, you know, just expanded in some just absolutely insane ways. And then because Mm. of the vampire scares that happened in the early 18th century, she's included in that. And so she's kind of the female version of um, Dracula. (laughs) And apparently Bram Stoker was like super like influenced by legends about her. That's disputed, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Speak your truth. <laughs> it, the you know in um American Horror Story when Lady Gaga plays the Countess. Mm. Guess who she's <gasps> based on? Oh. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Let's get Lady Gaga on the pod. <gasps> I would die. Yeah. Honestly, as a fellow actor, I feel like she'd be into diving into this backstory with us. Of course she would. She's Gaga. Yeah. God, I love her. We'll send her an email. She just commits, you know? Love a commitment. Just like love the the all around renaissance quality of her. She's just Mm. like an artiste and she's good with it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. (sighs) Oh. got excited for gaga yeah but that's elizabeth battery wow a woman who actually was a badass who (laughs) defended her lands when her husband was away fighting a stupid war that men always start who provided health care universal health care for her constituents (laughs) who preach had excellent taste and had some kids and who was just destroyed for all of it. Absolutely destroyed. And to now be known for this. May we continue to dispel these rumors. So I just want to go down again. Remember that checklist? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did not get pregnant at 13 by a young peasant boy. We're going to cross that off. Run it. Yeah. We're going to cross off the rumor about her hitting a servant and then noticing that the part of her face that had blood on it looked younger. We're going to go ahead and take that off the list. Jeez. I'm going to go ahead and take off the bit about her bathing in a, uh, in a virgin virgin's blood, not least of which because the average bathtub at the time would have required, I believe 30 people's worth of blood (laughs) to fill it. Um, but she's at 600, so. You're right. You're right. <laughs> We're all right. I'm going to go ahead and cross that be. one off. I'm going to go ahead and cross off that she, you know, uh, purposefully tore bits of flesh off of people and stuck needles in places that no one should be sticking needles. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say that... She could have... Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, all general accusations of sadism let let's just cross off the yeah. list yeah, 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 yeah now i'm happy to accept happy to accept that people wouldn't necessarily be willing to accept so much of this drama 
if there wasn't potentially some kernel of truth. But we've also seen with many times with women whose reputations we want to destroy, you don't need a single kernel of freaking truth to destroy a woman if others want yeah. to destroy her. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, it was very common practice for people to be to punish their servants with corporal punishment. And I'm not saying that that is a good thing, but Mm -hmm. she could have potentially been a very strict mistress. She had a lot of shit to do. And Mm -hmm. at the time of the day, you didn't fire someone. You just, you punished them. So it could have been that. It could have been any number of things. But I'm going to go ahead and say that Yurge is the real villain of this story. Preach. That all of the men who helped to facilitate this smear campaign, Mm. they got under that umbrella as well. Mm -hmm. And I love a little rehabilitation for her in in this spooky season. Yeah, perfect. Excellently done. Thank you. (laughs) read about her read about her there's a lot of really interesting books they're all named really funny things like the infamous lady or um one of them's called dracula was a woman in search of the blood countess of transylvania lady of blood countess battery she's known as the blood countess you know things like that i'm eh. countess dracula countess of the moon God yeah, for, I mean it's maybe. it's catchy. It's catchy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, she's I'm featured in up. heroines of horror of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, she's featured in the most notorious serial killers, ruthless, twisted murders who crimes chilled nations. Mm-hmm. She's part of the Encyclopedia of the Vampire. Right, because she was one. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, like I said, Guinness World Book of Records, most prolific female murderer. <laughs> that one really upsets me for some I reason. I know, I know. It should. It should. <laughs> it really should. Um, it just feels like a mildly credible source, and that bothers me. Yeah. Question. Answer. How many people have mm-hmm. discussed this side of the story? How common is this perspective? Mm. More specifically, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. It's not that common. Had you seen this opinion somewhere? I mean, it feels like you actually went in and read everything, and I feel like you're dropping some knowledge here. You know what I mean? Thank you. Like, has, I'm not. The has first, everyone done this? <laughs> not everyone. I am not the first to suggest that this was all fabricated or that a great mm-hmm. majority of it was fabricated mm-hmm. um nor to suggest that there's um some uh we should be looking into the validity of a lot of the witness testimony i am not the first absolutely not the first um mm-hmm. i actually really recommend an article by a woman whose last name i cannot pronounce i think it's irma something Cardos. Um, mm-hmm. She's a Hungarian historian, actually. And I got a lot of the information about the herbal remedies and stuff through her article. Very cool. And then I got to read a lot of the, um, like a facsimile of the trial account. Mm-hmm. But I believe an almost more important point is that people are less interested in looking for truth in this story. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So much of the rhetoric is just relishing in the in the in the horror of it. Mm-hmm. There's also, I think, a tendency for women to get defensive, like, well, why couldn't a woman be a sadist, a sadistic serial killer? And I'm not saying that they couldn't be. Right. Mm-hmm. Woman, you can be whatever you want to be, honey, but no. <laughs> and there are many. There are many. But I will say it is it is less con- it is much more difficult to look for any actual historical record on her because mm-hmm. what we have are pretty much I have her will. We have the testimonies and letters from Yurge. So and a couple from her son-in-law and from Yurge's wife. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a second wife. So we're not seeing a huge amount. And again, a documentary I watched that was presented as truth showed That's a the wild. back of a woman bathing in a mysteriously colored liquid. You know, like there's yeah. a documentary on YouTube that is from this dude who has like, I believe, a very fake posh British, British accent. Like to the point where I'm like, just shut your face. He annoys me a lot. And he's like presenting it like it's fact. He's just saying it. There's no questioning of this established historical record of this monster of a woman, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think what's interesting is, um, you know, there's some rhetoric about about well, widows were not to be targeted in Eastern Europe the way they were in Western Europe, and that's partially true. Women as widows, powerful widows, weren't necessarily targeted because of their widowhood, but she specifically was targeted because of the location of her estates mm-hmm. of, you know, and of the vulnerability of a widow. She had some power, but look how easily it was mm-hmm. dismantled from beneath right. her. Right. So I think it's really, it's, a, yeah, I think it's, it's such a good, it's so good to question it. And I just remember watching that going like, if this is all true, why haven't I ever heard about her? Because we love to demonize women. I should have heard about her for a while. Mm-hmm. If there wasn't maybe some subconscious understanding that everything that they're saying about her is like a lie. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, if there's a bad woman, we want to know. I mean, look at Marie Antoinette, who's been demonized beyond belief for something she never even said. And that right. was, let them eat cake. That's not even... <laughs> You murdered and tortured and drank and ate the flesh and blood of 600 servant girls. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Not even close. So I, to that, I say, like, keep questioning. And if you can, always try to find the source of the narrative. So hmm. I always look at people's bibliographies and, and you know, their indexes i i see where they're getting their information what they're citing and then you go to those sources and you follow that trail back to as far as you can go and you may find yourself on some weird websites or some interesting libraries but you will find mm-hmm. hopefully some more unbiased or at least less biased sources um so it's good to follow the the research. It's good to go back and see, you know, what's going on. Why, 
why am I seeing this one narrative appear starting in 1729 when it never existed before, 130 years before? Why am I seeing the vampire thing come up? Oh, is it because at the same time we're starting to see vampires, like people becoming obsessed with them in the 18th and 19th centuries, just like with Twilight? Like, you know, it it it, it could be that. So I think it's good to not forget that like, so much of what can be said about someone has can often have no basis in the truth, right? And I think mm-hmm. with her, we can't know. She may have been a really horrible woman to work for, and she may have tortured. She may have beat someone to the point where they did die. That that's very that's within the realm of possibility. But right. I just couldn't find any evidence to suggest that, and I could barely find any evidence to explain a lot of the cultural, um, you know, duties that she had to care for her people. I knew that was a fact. I found it. It was stated. But the implications of that were never explored. And mm-hmm. I found <laughs> I found Irma's article and I was like, oh, see, thank you. What does yeah. that mean? She was in charge yeah. of the health care. Okay. And therefore, they called her a witch. Okay. Mm-hmm. But why? What's the connection between the two? And then you look and you go, oh, because she – was using herbal remedies and other things and bloodletting, which was very controversial and mm-hmm. you name it. So yeah, I, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. My, a small thing on that, that I was just thinking about. Mm-hmm. I actually think that if she had used or, or beaten a servant to the point of death, I feel like they would have jumped on that as evidence and spoken of that and shown that. Mm-hmm. The fact that there isn't evidence of that makes me feel like it wasn't even that. Yeah. Mm. Again, an interesting look at the f- what the facts presented are and what they can mean together. It's really, really interesting. Um, And there is so much work around and about her as compared to the work we have from her own time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Ugh. For this spooky season, the scariest thing was the (laughs) (laughs) sham trial, a show trial. Consider me spooked. Yeah. <laughs> I have been spooked this evening. Be wary. Wow. Okay. Lordy. I don't even know how to post about this on Instagram because I don't necessarily want to play into any of... No, uh, we're going to post... Yeah, she has some beautiful portraits and we can see some of the castles where she lived. They're off. They're mostly in ruins. We can post... Mm-hmm. We'll post a uh, painting of her husband... We'll see a painting of yours so we can spit on it. We can, you know, <laughs> things like that. All right. Well, then there's something to look forward to, dear audience. Oh, Thank you. Ours. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, have a lovely Halloween if you partake. Enjoy the spooky fall. Enjoy it. And do your due diligence with the truth mm-hmm. and 
will uncover more mysteries next Ooh. month. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God.